I am sharing a conversation that I had with a mate of mine, Alex Waters, who is an entrepreneur and an all-round good bloke. So yeah, it was a really cool conversation and, and we dove straight into the deep end with things. But Alex, and he goes on and he shares his story about dropping out of high school and going straight into the workforce and really starting to pursue on the entrepreneurial path from a young age. He's founded two real estate agencies in the Pilbara as well as a company called Workspace Co, which is an outsourcing agency in the Philippines that provides online remote staff to businesses around the world. So he's also involved in property development and investing. So yeah, he's a real entrepreneur. He's really sort of found his genius and he shares a bit about that and he shares about his learning journey through the entrepreneurial space. And we, we dive into the deep end pretty much straight away in this conversation and, and Alex shares about navigating the grief involved with his recent separation. And he also shares a lot about his self-exploration and development after hitting a really tough spot in his life where he was achieving a lot of material success but lacking fulfillment and happiness. And he, he shares about how he went on the uh, the journey in, in quotation marks. He, he went on then just exploring things about himself and, and the process he actually went on and what he's learned in that process. So we spoke about leadership, we spoke about business, fatherhood, and and one thing we touched on, which is was so cool, I was really excited to speak to him about this, was he's currently on a mission of creating more in-person connection by having 100 coffees with 100 strangers in 100 days. So he's, I think he's nearly halfway through that challenge. So he touches about on about why he decided to do that and what he's learned in the process. So I'll leave it there. I'll let you dive into the conversation. So without further ado, this is Alex Waters. Alex, thanks for being here, man. Great to be here. It's it's so funny. We've just had a conversation for like three hours yeah. and now we're like <laughs> pressing record. So I was like, oh, hey, yeah. man, how are you? But yeah, yeah, good. Let's just say everything else we just said exactly yeah. the way we said it <laughs> yeah. and this will be a good episode. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm down. Authenticity. Yeah, man, it's good to have you down here. Taking a few days in the in the southwest. Yeah, beautiful place. Had to come down here and just get away, reconnect with myself. And yeah, nice one. Yeah, it's been a busy start to the year. Yeah, it has been, man. 2020 has come in hot. <laughs> so much. <laughs> yeah, full on. Yeah, to kick things off, man, I'll ask you the question that I ask everybody and that's, yeah, share with me a challenge that you've overcome that's and, and then what you've learned from it or, or how it's contributed to, yeah, the man you are today. Mm. Uh Honestly, I feel like going through my separation yep. last year, so I have a now 10-month-old son, Atlas. Mm. His mother and I were only together for about 16 months. We split up when he was about three months old. Mm-hmm. And uh, at the same time, I broke my right femur. Um, so When it rains. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it fucking poured. Yeah. yeah and, and, you know, in retrospect, the, the only way I can describe that period from that, like, and, and the following six months mm. is like the universe came put me on my knees mm. and punched me in the face 20 times and then when i was on the ground stomped on my head so that's, curb stomp that's, american that's, history x yeah, yeah. oh, oh man. the memory of that oh, no, don't look that up if you haven't seen that movie. Yeah. It's, it's horrific um yeah that's honestly what it felt like oh, yeah. and uh oh, wow. you know i think to to summarize it because obviously without going into the exact detail of mm. it, 
the events alone kind of paint a picture of how challenging that was. Mm. I experienced grief for the first time in my life. Mm. And grief is a really powerful emotion because it's it's one of the deepest expressions of love. Mm. You know, it's it's the loss of someone you love. Mm. That's ultimately what it is. And uh, for me, I think it really came at a time where I needed to be able to tap into that level of compassion. Grief has, has given me the ability to relate to so many more people, mm. um, be empathetic and, and more naturally compassionate because I think I had a tendency to be naturally more selfish. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that, that came because some of the, the people who I would, would have previously judged in my order of hierarchy in my mind as to how valuable they were or not, some of the people at the lower end of that scale, which doesn't exist anymore, were the people who were there for me the most and were the ones who just accepted me no matter what I was going through and whatever I was experiencing at that point in time you know, cause I went to some pretty dark places within myself. So mm. yeah, I think to, to go to that depth of darkness in myself and, and rise out of it and have the benefit of experiencing those emotions and that, that level of grief, um, mm. has, uh, has made me who I am today. I, I probably since, you know, we met, I, I feel like I'm a much more grounded mm. human being, much more centered in who I am. Mm. Um, when you're in something that challenging, you have to make two decisions. Uh, one decision, you've got two options. One's to let it consume you and you stay there forever mm. um, or you, you rise above it. Yeah. And I think if we can choose to rise above it all, always, we'll, we'll always come out on top and yeah. keep growing and getting better and becoming a better person. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Was there anything that you consciously did navigating that? Because that like would have been just such a even just physically being incapacitated while yeah. you were going through that. So you couldn't even like I couldn't train drive. or drive yeah. or anything. Yeah. Like, was there anything that you, obviously you mentioned you had a lot of support from, from other people. Was there anything that you were consciously doing to help, yeah, nav- navigate that? Like, was there anything like, did you have the awareness? Like, okay, I'm in a, a tough spot here. Like, yeah. I'm going to do, make sure I'm doing th- these things or like whether that's just, feel it or work yeah. through it or like was it what actually really helped you move through it yeah i mean the emotions and the pain were so strong i didn't have a choice not to feel gotcha. it um in actuality at some point i was aware that i was letting it consume me mm-hmm. you know i was waking up crying mm. uh i was going to bed crying mm. i was breaking down the middle of my days um and Look, I, I think the first thing that I allowed myself to do was the freedom to do whatever I wanted. Um, mm. And some of that was partying. Mm. Some of that was drinking. You know, I don't necessarily think any of those things are a bad experience. You know, we, we just spoke about before yeah. that joy can often be a really good healing tool. Mm. And, and it was for me. Mm. Getting out of that zone of you know, just that depth of sadness and into kind of a more happy place and mm. getting away from that for moments was was actually really healing for me. Yeah. It got to a point maybe eight weeks, 10 weeks after where I realized, okay, I've done that one too many times now. Yeah. And that's when I need to shift. 
And so, you know, I took time off and I went to Bali a couple of times Mm -hmm. in one month and went and did some one-on-one breathwork sessions and just spent a lot of time alone, really. Mm. Um, I think the one thing I did really well was just consciously check in at each moment and, and give myself what I felt I needed in that moment without judging the process. Nice one. And that's that's the best thing you can do. Yeah. Yeah. And what did that look like for you? Is that just stopping and being like, what do I actually want to do today? Or like, what do I need right now? Like, was it as simple as yeah. just checking in with that? Or did yeah. you have it? Yeah. Yeah. What do I need? Yeah. Yeah. What do I feel like doing? What do, what do I need yeah. right now based on how I'm feeling? Yeah. Um, it felt for a moment that the pain was going to last forever. Gotcha. And until I started allowing myself to really dive into it, process it through things like breath work mm. and then start to let it go bit by bit. Yeah, yeah. Um, and as I'm talking now, I can still feel it. Yeah. You know, and and that's a gift in itself. I I appreciate the fact that I can carry that grief around with me. It's not it's not weighing me down like a backpack. Yeah. But it can be accessed at any moment. I remember the feeling. I remember how I felt at the time. Mm. And it it immediately drops me into a state of compassion yeah. of other people and and acceptance of myself. Yeah. Mm. And cuz it's still pretty fresh. Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> yeah, we're thinking mm. in this society that like fast moving, yeah. it's like shit goes down. It's like, cool, what's net like, and we don't grieve yeah. typically. We might, oh, we give ourselves permission to be sad for a day maybe, but typically grief isn't something that's common yeah. in society that we express it to the extent mm. that maybe is actually there. Yeah. So it's, um, I was pretty fortunate. I, I had a lot of time off work. Yeah. Um, a, because of my injury, B, because I have flexibility with yeah. the fact that I own a couple of businesses. So I wasn't, you know, I'm not sort of typically required to be working at a certain time or yeah. whatever. And that that was a huge gift mm. at that time. Yeah. 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 Mm. yeah. And so what, what's exciting you most on that front, your work front at the moment? What are you, what, what are you up to in the world? Yeah. Uh, well, I just uh, entered a JV, a joint venture with a uh, property developer. And uh, we are about to develop a number of house and land package sites in the Pilbara. Yeah. For those who don't know me, I own or part own uh, a real estate agency in Caratha and a real estate agency in Port Hedland mm. and a, a company that um, offers outsourcing in the Philippine, from the Philippines. So, we provide online remote staff from the Philippines to businesses around the world. Yeah. Yeah. I think what's what's exciting me most beyond the, the new projects is that I have myself in a position where I'm working with really amazing people and it's the first time you know in the over the last 12 months one of my main objectives was to step back operationally mm. and uh, partner with the the very best people to be running my businesses yeah gotcha you know I said this on another podcast uh, the other week a, a business podcast I was on that if you're an entrepreneur you're you're a business owner and you have the ability to or are thinking about um, scaling your business and you're thinking about, oh, I might need someone to to run this aspect of my business, then you're automatically not the best person to be doing that. Gotcha. Yeah, because the best yeah. person to be doing that wouldn't be thinking about employing someone to <laughs> yeah. do that. Yeah. So, that thought in itself thought is in the itself. green light to get somebody yeah. doing it. Yeah. yeah. Um, and do you see that? I see that a lot, <clears throat> even just in myself that going from 
sort of that self-employed, you just running your own show to then having some sort of team seems to be a real sticky spot for a lot of people. Is that what you've seen and witnessed or experienced yourself and then witnessed in business? Yeah, definitely. The way most businesses grow from scratch or from start is that stage one, they're just fighting to get some business in the door. Yeah. Stage two, they've got enough that kind of has replaced their income mm. if they were to work a nine-to-five job. Stage three is, oh, fuck, how do I grow from this to more? Yeah. Because if you you automatically have to start to earn more money and then at some point you have to employ people, mm. which uh, reduces your profit. So it's about it's about understanding the different tipping points in your business. Yeah. And what I do now with all my businesses is map out our our growth, map out where we're going to need another person okay, yeah. in a in a specific role and how that affects our profitability at that point. Okay, yeah. And at what point do we come back to the same level of profitability again? Yeah. It gives you real clarity on how many more clients you might need, how many more mm. sales you might need, all those sorts of things. Yeah. So for you, you could say, you know, I'm going to put on an assistant at 50 grand a year yeah. as an example. Yeah. You know, therefore I need another 10 clients uh, this year. Yeah. But if I only get 10 clients over the next 12 months more, the period that I don't have all 10 of those clients, there's going to be a lapse of profitability, yeah, right? Yeah, so yeah. you either have to get more of them now and then put the person on and yeah. just struggle for a while. It's just, it's about making that decision and taking risk, which is yeah. a part of all business. Yeah. And being able to delegate as well, like let go of, for me, it's always comes up as a control thing. It's yeah. like, whoa, wow. Okay. Like if I'm doing it all, then I know, even if there's people that could be doing it better, like you don't necessarily know that. Yeah, for sure. Like, it's almost like, yeah, a f- not a maybe a fear thing, but but a a control thing. Like, this is comfortable. When it goes beyond me, then I'm out of control of all of it. Yeah, kind of thing. And I feel like that, and even um, yeah, I've I've seen that happen a lot, and I've I've experienced that as well. It's like a new level of leadership, almost. Yeah, as as well. For me, I've never had a problem letting go. There's definitely been different stages, yeah. but my desire to grow and scale my business has always outgrew, okay. yeah. out, outweighed any, any fear I had of letting yeah. go. And yeah. so I was always prepared to to let go and take those risks. Yeah. Um, as I said, there's been different stages. So over the last 12 months, I realized I was still a bottleneck in terms of recruiting like really high level general managers gotcha. or, or a CEO. My brother's a CEO of our outsourcing company now. 12 months ago, I couldn't have had that person in place because I still kind of unconsciously sort of mm. wanted to have a hand in these particular decisions and yeah. wanted to know if that much money was being spent in yeah. that way. You just yeah, get to a point, you've got to let go and see the bigger picture. Yeah. And as I said, if you're thinking about putting someone in that place, you're not the best person to be doing that job. And, yeah, yeah. and through experience, I know that to be true. Yeah. Yeah. And have you, have you been, cause you're, 30 in a couple of days, couple three, of days, three yeah. days, 30, yeah. 30. So yeah, to be the position where you're at owning the businesses that you do and doing the work that you do, you must have started your entrepreneurial journey pretty young, I'm assuming. Like I don't actually know much about your sure. your early, early days. So yeah, I'd love for you to share, yeah, your sort of journey into entrepreneurship. And then I know you, you had a point where you started because obviously you're really emotionally aware, tapped in and, and you were 
starting to do some coaching stuff, decided that that wasn't the path for you, but you've been in, in that kind of space a lot, lot as well. So yeah, mm. I'd love to hear your journey from like starting entrepreneurship and then when you kind of decided and, and started to explore your, your personal growth and that sort of stuff as well. Yeah, sure. Well, first things I dropped out of high school at the end of year 11, became a manager at Woolworths supermarkets, uh, really was it really decided that I, I wanted to go after money, right, from a young age. Um, I remember when I was 14, I uh, I was actually a musician, so I played, uh, I was a lead trombone player in our school bands. Wow. And my parents couldn't afford to send me to one of the band tours. It was like three grand to go around Australia with the school. And I remember when I was 14 making a decision that I would never go without and my children would never go without. Like I was always going to make sure I had enough money. And so I got to the end of year 11. I didn't want to be a music teacher and I felt that was a high probability if I went to uni to do music. So I dropped out and um, pursued money, pursued a career, was making really good money through Woolworths, you know, at a, at a really young age at 19, I sort of brought in like $90,000 or something because I hit all these bonuses Wow! and I was getting free housing. So I went regional, um, yeah. crazy, crazy money. Most of it yeah. I spent on alcohol at that yeah. point, <laughs> buying my friend's drinks. Yeah. But I was able to build my first house at that age. And wow. as a side note, I didn't make money on it. So that, that's just important to know. Yeah. But yeah, just... I then sort of went into corporate world, working for Arnott's Biscuits as a sales area manager, moved to Sydney, got promoted by them, international sales, constantly wanting more and more, right? Like that. this was at 23. I'm in this crazy, you know, pretty high role in Sydney, asking for another promotion. They didn't give it to me. So I decided to move to Caratha and join my friend's real estate company. Um, so back in 2013, it was after the boom, mm-hmm. but they'd done really well in the boom and I wanted to achieve success yeah was to me was money (laughs) yeah yeah and i wanted to be rich that's Mm. that's the truth of it right it's what was driving me yeah to make all these sacrifices and changes yeah you know not not to i was i was having a great time along the way Mm -hmm. you know i was still enjoying my life so i moved to caratha in 2013 and basically watched the very best coaches and real estate coaches and best agents in the country at what they do and there's this thing in the real estate world that's like the term million-dollar agent and that's when you're bringing in a million dollars in commission a year. Mm-hmm. And I went to a conference a couple of months into my my career in real estate and that was what they were talking about and I made a decision that if I wasn't a million-dollar agent, I was a failure because the only reason I'd moved to Caratha was to do extremely well and make shitloads of money, right? Gotcha. So, what else am I there to do other than work? Mm-hmm. So I think for people listening to this about business and all that sort of stuff, when you talk about niches and and you talk about, you know, understanding what you want, I was almost lucky in that I was given my niche and I was given, you know, that target at that point. But I made that clear decision that that's what I wanted to go after and everything went into that. Mm -hmm. So within, you know, that financial year, I I brought in 960000 in gross commission, which as a side note, once again, that's not all to me, the business took half of it yeah you know so there's a big chunk gone yeah. i was, think i ended up with like 150 that year and yeah. the next year like something like 300 still big money as yeah. a 23 to 25 yeah. year old and i was able to save up save up enough money i think i saved up 100 grand and in 2015 end of 2015 been in Karatha for two and a half years and i opened my own real estate office with that money wow so uh, i was the number one selling agent in that marketplace and you know what that looked like was working 80 
hours a week, mm-hmm. having my phone on all the time. It was just an insane level of commitment and dedication to be the best and most successful real estate agent I could be. Yeah, I was up at 4.30. I paid a PT four times a week. I was up at 4.30 in the gym by five. You know, I'd have the cleanest breakfast ever. Uh, my lunch was pre-prepared and made, you know. So it's just my life was systemized and 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 my calendar was blocked into a T. I had two assistants working for me. It was like everything in my life was revolving around being this like corporate athlete, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's how I, I started my business, you know. It was just a risk and backing myself in, backing my own ability and my own skill. And yeah, that happened in 2015, so the business has, has been running for almost five years now, yeah, um, wow. that business. A, couple of, uh, a few months after I opened my first real estate agency, I decided that I was the king and um, <laughs> could take on the world. And I was like, fuck it, I've opened a business now. It's, it's easier than I thought it was going to be. So I opened Workspace Co., which was the outsourcing company at that point. So two months later. Uh, yeah, two or three <laughs> months later. Wow. Crazy. Uh, and that year I went through severe financial hardships. I was trying to juggle too many things, took mm-hmm. my eye off the ball, stopped making as much money in real estate as I, mm. I should have been. And that was a, a extremely humbling process in and of itself at that mm. point as well. You know, in yeah. that first 12 months, there was a period of three months where I was living off $25 a week for food. I just go batch, batch bulk, buy and cook fried rice and like eat that all week and i started intermittent fasting because it was cheap yeah <laughs> you know yeah. really like honestly that's, yeah, that's how i started wow. intermittent fasting so i like telling that because uh mm. that was only four years ago whoa and yeah yeah it was only four years ago yeah uh, and it, it wasn't easy yeah it was extremely hard but i think if you you often have to make sacrifices. And, you know, I, I, I learned through extremes. So I've gotcha. always pushed everything to the extreme one way or another. Mm-hmm. Even when you're a kid? Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. know, you don't have to do that. Yeah. But, and, you know, hopefully you can learn from my lessons. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it, it was valuable in, in that I, I had that that desire to, to push things to that mm. edge because I, I learned quicker and th- therefore grew quicker. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And so... Yeah, that, that all actually really ties in because it was probably around that point when I was going through that financial hardship in 2016, I, I hit a bit of a low point emotionally. I started seeing a counselor, mm-hmm. realized that I didn't really love real estate, but I was just in it for the money, mm-hmm. but I wasn't deeply happy. Yeah. And so- did, did you have a moment? Did you have a like a, shit, I'm like, this isn't delivering what I thought it was going to deliver or like, did you have a moment where you were like, or was it a gradual- realization um, I think the the realization was quite gradual but it yeah. was like an acknowledgement that I wasn't deeply happy yeah and I, I can't remember the exact moment yeah but I just knew that things needed to change you mm-hmm. know I'd I'd been in a relationship up until the end of 2015 and mm-hmm. had been unfaithful to her many times mm-hmm. you know had lied to her I broke up with her because I didn't want to face that. Mm-hmm. It was all, all those kinds of things. And then the thing that triggered it was actually telling her that I cheated on her a lot and facing someone telling you that you're a monster and then actually feeling that way. Yeah. That was a big enough trigger for me to want to do something about it. So yeah. I, I started looking at what to do. And at the start of 2017, and by the way, in this, I made a clear decision that 
I didn't want to work as much as what I'd been working. I wasn't happy. Mm-hmm. And so in 2017, I was going to take more time off and start traveling a bit more. Yeah. And so I, it was from a business perspective, I was forced to shift how I did things. So yeah. when you talk about letting go of control, oh, yeah. once again, it was a desire that was pulling me beyond any had to, any limits. To I be able had to do to. what you wanted to do. Correct. Yeah. So I had to let oh, go. Yeah. I had to yeah. have virtual assistants in place. I had to have other staff running mm. things because I cared more about my happiness and doing other things than I cared about this. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I think for anyone in business now, I mean, even to you, surely you care more about spending quality time with your yeah. partner, spending quality time with your soon to be born child. Definitely. Uh, and, and we get to use those things as motivation to yeah. to pull us to a new level. For sure. Like I think that for me is why I stopped working as a physio. It's why I didn't go and study med. It's why I, because I was future pacing and looking at these people that were 15 years down the track in these different paths. And I was like, well, I don't really want that lifestyle. Yeah. So yeah, you're right. Like it's, it's the reason, exact reason I've sort yeah. of set things up the way I have. Yeah, for sure. So May 2017 came around. I went and did an NLP course, neuro-linguistic programming, mm-hmm. for anyone who doesn't know that. That was kind of like my introduction to personal development. Yeah. And I, uh, f- from that moment, decided I was going to give up alcohol. And so I, I went 18 months actually without drinking. Yeah, wow. Um, and coming from someone who, you know, I, I was, I am a self-confessed, I was a self-confessed alcoholic. Yeah. You know, I was drinking several times a week, easily get through a six pack a night type thing, or I'd be going out for dinner several times a week. So I'd drink a puff, you know, share a bottle of wine, a couple of cocktails mm-hmm. on the weekend. I'm binge drinking. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was uncommon for me not to throw up. Yeah. Wow. Which is bizarre. Once again, only three years ago. When you look back. Yeah. Well, you know? I can, I've been to hospital three times Fuck. from drinking too much. Okay. Like, and well, it's you, funny you, at the time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it's, it's at the time. Because I was functioning and like I was binge, I wasn't drinking during the week, but like straight up poster boy for binge drinking. But at the time, I didn't really recognize or acknowledge it as this problem, so mm. to speak. Whereas whenever I tell people that, it's like it's actually a pretty big deal. Like it's well, funny. it's accepted as a part of our culture. Yeah. So I, I say I'm a self-confessed alcoholic, but according to my definition, I would say a large portion <laughs> yeah. of eighteen to thirty-five year olds would. Uh, also be classed alcoholics, yeah. but we, we don't treat it as yeah. that. We yeah. just go, ah, yeah, whatever, have a good time. And yeah. and that's okay. I'm not a judge. I don't judge anyone yeah. or anything to do with that. For me, it was just this habit of drinking was no longer serving me mm-hmm. and was getting in the way of me growing into something more and achieving and experiencing life in the way I wanted to. Mm. Yeah. So that, that's it, right? Yeah. And, you know, going through that process of giving up alcohol, I shed a lot of friendships it became clear some people, you know, because people would automatically reject you. Oh, you're not going to fucking drink with me? Well, you're weird. Yeah. So, whatever. Yeah. And and I started to channel my energy into things that were more productive and mm. I was enjoying more and, yeah. and suddenly had more money as well. Yeah. So, so yeah. that was great. I, I do drink now and I, yeah. I've definitely gotten drunk in the last six months a couple yeah. of times Yeah. and have a good time, but it's it's from a different place now. Yeah. So I'm not escaping anything now. Yeah. Yeah. I'm immersing myself in that experience and having a good time. Yeah. It's totally different. Yeah. So, yeah. So that, that, look, that started my personal development journey. And about six to eight months later, I found Preston Smiles, Alexi Panos yeah. somehow. And that week they just happened to be in Perth and I just moved back to Perth that week. Oh, no way. 
And so I went oh, to I the know. bridge experience and, yeah. you know, my mind was blown and mm. I, I cried in front of the people there and just was like, fuck, okay, this is, this is what I've been looking for. Yeah. And that triggered then six months of coaching one-on-one with Preston, going yeah. through a bunch of men's programs, yeah. becoming a coach and facilitator in his programs mm. um, and generally realizing how closed I was to everything and everyone and starting to open up, meet new people like yourself and Mm -hmm. just learn who I was, like find who I actually am beneath everything. And yeah, that's where I am today. Yeah. Um, That's fun. It's crazy. Like you don't know what you don't know. Yeah. And then it's like, you get a little, and then it's like, whoa. Yep. Open up. And it's funny in my experience as well, like diving deep into it is maybe it's not a necessity but it's like the pendulum swings yeah before it recorrects to like that healthy balance and we're kind of speaking about this before it's like sometimes that dive deep cut off from other things is necessary to really go and get what you need to get and you don't necessarily need to live and stay there and then become a that's what i love about your story is it's like it's not like you dove into that work and then it's like now you live in that work yeah. and you're now a coach. And, you know, yeah. and for some people that might be their path, but it's like what I love is how you've gone and done that work and then you're taking it back and you're like using it in what you're doing, yeah, which is what you were originally doing, but now you're just doing it from a different place, exactly. which I think is such a cool story because sometimes these stories of change are like you shift path and then you end up in a different location and it's like, I love how you're still sort of doing what you're doing, but from a completely different space. Mm. Yeah. So I I tried, yeah, I tried coaching. Yeah. And, you know, I actually spent 10K US on a a program to help me launch my own coaching program and learn a bunch about online marketing and stuff like Mm. that, which was a fantastic course. And I went to launch my, you know, high ticket coaching offering, had a couple of people signed up. Yeah. My son was born mm. then and I just took a few days and was like, you know what? I don't think this is what I want. I thought it was what I want wanted, but now that he's here, it's really clear to me that what I value more than doing coaching is having time mm. and more money and this coaching thing is going to take a hell of a lot of momentum to get off the ground and mm. grow and you know, I, I think those are all the surface kind of realizations, but I think now looking back on really, I just wasn't meant to be doing that. Yeah. And I feel, I feel great about it. Yeah. You know? And, and so, yeah, I do, I do think it's natural that a lot of people that go into the personal development world, they, they have these huge awakenings and epiphanies of, holy fuck. Yeah. Well, I just, now I just want to help other people experience what I'm experiencing because yeah. it's so amazing. Yeah. But it, it can become this like dogmatic preachy kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I had a Facebook memory pop up yesterday and of this video and I was just like, you know, it was a video of me talking about how you making an impact and, you know, this sort of thing. Yeah. And I'm like, was I actually impacting in that moment? I thought I was, <laughs> but was I? Maybe, yeah. maybe not. You know, it's all a bit wishy-washy, I yeah. think, sometimes. So, yeah, yeah I, I almost did give up my businesses. You know, that was a part of the detachment was these are the things that have caused me to be unhappy. Yeah. But really, it's just me inside and and the feelings that we've got inside. So, yeah, yeah I really enjoy what I'm doing now. I think I have become so clear that my strength in business particularly 
is as someone who brings people together, mm. um, someone who can build great relationships with others. And I'm strategic. I'm not meant to be running businesses hands-on. I'm not meant to yeah. be a CEO. I'm a creator. Yeah. I can create something from nothing. Yeah. And as long as I do that now with people who are great at maintaining that, mm. I'm set. Yeah. You know, and that's what Richard Branson does. Yeah. He doesn't, he adds value from the sidelines. Yeah. And and jumps in and helps the brand yeah. grow when it, when it's needed, but he doesn't, he's not in any of his businesses running them day to day. Yeah. At all. And he's yeah. one of the most successful entrepreneurs in the world. Yeah. So. And it's that finding your strength, your yeah. zone of genius, and then playing exactly. to that. Playing exactly And that's that. the whole game, really, isn't yeah. it? It's like there's, yeah, this focus on get rid of your weaknesses. And it's like to an extent, yeah, sure, go and find where you need to improve on. But it's also getting honest at where's your, what zone do you most naturally, with your natural gifts, do you sit in? And often if the more time we spend there, the happier we'll be because we're going to be good at what we're doing. Usually the more money we'll make yeah. Like, and, and all of those things will flow. And I find for me, it's when I've been out of that or trying to do something that it's not, that it's been a struggle. Yeah. And, and, and it's a constant refining because it's hard because there's distraction, there's comparison or this person's doing that. Maybe I should do that yeah. or this. And, and then like blocking out the noise mm-hmm. and like getting clear on, like, like you mentioned, that clarity in your strengths. Like, is that something you intentionally reflected on? Did you get coaching around? Did you like, or were you just, yeah, how did you come to the certainty of, okay, I'm good at starting a business. I don't want to actually run it. I don't like, was that something that just came? Just self-realization through yeah. giving myself the time to think. Yeah. You know, for people listening, I think there's there's a really clear way to look at it. And that is, what are you good at and what do you enjoy doing? Yeah. And if you put those two things to, together, <laughs> yeah. you find your purpose yeah. and you find success. Mm. That's it. Yeah. That's that's actually, it's really, really simple. Mm. Um, you know, there is a level of, yeah, realism that we have to bring into all of this because yeah. I might enjoy something, but realistically, I'm actually not that great at it yeah. or it's not the thing I'm best at. Yeah. So, and what about somebody sitting there be like, I'm good at this and I enjoy it, but like how could I make money from that? Mm. They're like, if it's like a hobby or like a, a something. Like, yeah. Yeah. What are your, what are your thoughts on if you double down on it then, or or do you bring that realism to that too? It's like, okay, well, if, if your thing isn't providing value to other people, you're probably not going to be able to sell it. hundred percent. hundred percent that. Yeah. If you, yeah. If you're not providing value <laughs> to other people, you know, I've heard a lot of coaches uh, respond to this and say, well, like jump on Google and have a look and there's bound to be someone doing what you want to do and making lots of money from it. And I, I do agree with that. Mm. And are you an anomaly? Like if it's a really random weird thing <laughs> and there's like one person in the world who's got like a, a million followers on YouTube or whatever. Yeah. and Or they're selling, you know, but there's no one else really doing it because it's weird. Yeah. And I don't mean weird in a bad way. No. I just, just mean different. different. Yeah. Are you an anomaly? And you may answer yes to that. So mm. that's great. If you're an anomaly, you've got to be prepared to act like an anomaly and behave like an anomaly and create yeah. change in your life like an anomaly. You've got to be prepared to take risks as an anomaly. Mm. So go for it. Yeah. You know, the one, the caveat I always put on everything I say is like, never let anything you hear me say 
prevent you from going and doing something. Yeah. Like that's fucking stupid. Yeah. If you're listening to me with that much certainty and, and it's going to stop you from doing something. You're probably not. Like don't, don't listen to me. Yeah, yeah. You know, if it, if it creates change in your mind and clarity, then, then that's great. But yeah. like always check in with you and know what's yeah. right for you. Yeah, mm. for sure. And so you mentioned before, like with the coaching that Atlas coming along helped like trigger you into some clarity around what you wanted or like what other shifts have you, let's talk dad life a little bit. Yeah. Like what other shifts like, and I'm, it's obviously I'm a couple of months away, but already even when we felt pregnant, it's like, it just brings this clarity, like the, of what matters. Mm. And it's, it's amazing how much you can get caught up in. And then it's like when there's something that's just overtly that important, how, how clear yeah. things can get, like, yeah. You, how has that a- transition been? been for you yeah i mean you you've got a real purpose then you know your life becomes meaningful and purposeful whereas before having a child you have to create meaning and purpose Mm, yeah (laughs) it's as simple as that and and jordan peterson talks a lot about this as well that it doesn't necessarily equal more happiness but it will mean uh, more meaningful a more meaningful and purposeful life which typically leads to more Mm, fulfillment yeah so, uh, yeah, I mean, when, when we felt pregnant, that's pretty much when it started for me as well. And when I found out we were having a boy, you know, I, I had all this wounding come up around my relationship with men mm. and how I related to other men. There, there was still a big part of me that didn't call myself a man. Yep. You know, and, and I, and just on that, I think that it, that final part of like boy was probably let go when I experienced the grief that I, I told you about, Yeah, but it was still sort of sitting there and, until yeah. then. Yeah. Yeah, it is, you know, cause we go through our twenties as, as men trying to figure ourselves out, figure out life. And the reality is for most of us, we don't start to feel like a man until our thirties. Mm. So I think that's really, really normal, mm. but it's about being in the process of what it means to be a man. And, and if we can, bring that to um, our children and our sons uh, yeah. earlier now yeah. from what we know. I think yeah. that's a, a great gift. But yeah. yeah. So I had a lot of wounding around men um, and, and had to put myself or chose to put myself in lots of uncomfortable situations by being in men's circles mm-hmm. and was quite confronted by the idea of like a fight or wrestling or anything like that. So I've kind of in in the men's personal development space done a lot of that sort of thing as yeah. well. And I, I think that all of it has culminated to to who I am now mm. and, and that groundedness that I've got inside me. Mm. Um the certainty of who I am. Yeah. 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 But you've got to put you just got to choose to put yourself through it. Yeah. It doesn't always have to be hard and and you know deep and dirty, but yeah, yeah, it's uh it's just about facing off with what what's present for you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Feeling it. And then leaning into it rather than leaning away from it. Exactly. And it's like, yeah, I feel. And it's kind of been a, a trend along your whole journey. As things have popped up for you, you've been like, what? And and you've like continually leaned into it. And that's, I would say, a big contributor to that time when you were sort of down and out on the $25 that only being four years ago. Like it's a lot of change in four years. And it's likely due to, in a big part, that either ha- habit you've developed or whatever to lean into things as they come up mm. 
rather than lean say, away from things. Uh, you know, I, I I really don't like that term lean because a lean is like true jump just, into just yeah. like slightly. I'm slightly, <laughs> I'm slightly heading towards it. Uh, if you're watching the video of this, you know you see me just yeah. slightly leaning. Uh, like I was head first yeah. into everything. Yeah, true. And balls deep. Yeah. You know, like yeah. yeah. To and some might say, oh, that's not, you know, it wasn't as safe as I could have played it and whatever. But like I said, the worst thing that could have happened at any point was I had to start again from somewhere and mm. everything's a learning experience. And yeah, um, yeah. That, that being said, my level of risk and my risk appetite now is far more measured Yeah, um, because I can be. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. Has that been the position you've been in business-wise or do you think becoming a dad that makes has made that more measured? bit of both yeah yeah definitely being a dad knowing that well i think being a a dad becoming a dad causes you to start to think more long term yeah you know and it's like fuck if only if i if i started thinking about this when i was 18 (laughs) and just put like a hundred dollars a week away in an account and like didn't touch it until i was 30 i'd have something like Seventy thousand dollars in an account right now. Yeah, <laughs> right. yeah. yeah. So Which anyone, that's, anyone that's eighteen right yeah. now, yeah. just actually take that advice. Yeah, the power of compounding interest. Yeah, yeah. So from a financial standpoint, definitely thinking more long term. Yeah, now on. and understanding the value and benefit of that. Mm. But just from a life perspective as well, like yeah. really desiring to have longevity mm. in life and understand that what happens now, if it's bad isn't so much of a big deal yeah. and that you'll likely get through it and yeah. uh there's there's better days ahead mm. there always is that perspective yeah until yeah. you die yeah and especially like going through like what you went through and feeling that intense grief or pain and being in that spot and because i've been in a similar spot where you're like this could last forever like i'm mm. gonna die this is yeah. gonna kill me yeah. and then it doesn't and then you're like oh exactly i didn't die and and it creates almost a level of peace mm-hmm. within you a little bit. Yeah, um, felt like the world was crushing me. Yeah, that's how how I described it at the time. Yeah, and yeah, you're right. Going going through that level of adversity um, mm. is is a blessing. Yeah, as much as we, I don't wish for anyone to have to go through that. I think if we're to be real about it, it, it is a part of life. Mm. You know, la- life is not meant to necessarily be easy mm. in the context of there never never be any pain you know mm. we're, we're supposed to experience it that's the circle of life we we live and we die we'll see other yeah. people around us die we'll, we'll go through heartbreak mm-hmm. pain in relationships illness in family all, yeah. the, all those kinds of things so i think the more that we allow ourselves to be emotionally resilient mm. um you know the the better or develop that and develop, yeah, develop it. Yeah, resilience. Yeah, mm. yeah. What's your favorite part about dad life? Oh man, just oh, at the moment actually, because he's, he's Atlas is ten months old. Yeah, um, he's just started walking, <laughs> and but we we like roughhouse a lot, yeah. so he will be on the ground, and I I jump down on all fours and growl at him. Yeah, and he'll if we're a couple of meters apart, he'll start to like sprint crawl towards me and he'll come straight at me and then so we kind of like butt heads a little bit yeah. and then he'll try and either climb over me or if I've left a gap underneath my chest he crawls straight underneath me and through my legs 
It's, just re- it's really fun doing things yeah. like that. And he, he loves it. Actually, one of the funniest things is lay him on my bed and then get my pillow and um, hit him with it. Yeah. Not, not hard. <laughs> yeah. Not hard. That sounds really bad. But, yeah. but he just he he laughs. He just sits he there laughing. It. Loves it. Like yeah. I just hit him lightly with it. And yeah. He just sits there giggling. Like yeah. ah, you know, <laughs> it's just so funny. Amazing. Um, yeah. Just just the, those moments. Just the joy. Yeah. Yeah. Just spending time with him and yeah, being present and just having fun. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And have you connected with many other dads? Any many other young dads? How's that kind of? Um, have you felt isolated or? Yeah. Being a single dad, I definitely felt a bit different mm-hmm. or isolated from the start. Now, you know, I've sort of, A, just built a level of strength in myself that I've let go of needing mm. to not feel alone. Mm. I think most parent, a lot of parents feel alone. I think that's probably pretty normal. But yeah, I've got a good support network. I've um, actually got a, the first play date. Uh, with Atlas and another single dad with his kids on Feb 27th. So really looking forward to that. It's in a couple of weeks time. Yeah. You definitely do feel a bit different or left out because, you know, there's lots of couples that have their kids and they meet up as a couple and the dad talks to the dad and the mum talks to the mum. But as soon as you're the single parent, like Mm -hmm. a lot of the friends we had that have kids were my son's mother's friends. So they're not you know, they don't want to hang out with me anymore. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> to, to play it straight. Yeah. And uh, so I just had to had to go about trying to make an effort and find those relationships. Build something new. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, for sure. And making a conscious effort for when I have Atlas to have other people around as well. Yeah. Whether they be, they're a parent or not. Because yeah. having him around my friends and other people is really good for me and for him. Mm. Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. For sure. I can imagine. Yeah, yeah, awesome. The other thing I wanted to ask you about was the 100 coffees. Yeah. Like I've just been, yeah, as soon as you told me about it, I was like, that is such an amazing idea. And it's been so cool to just watch you sharing that. And I, you can even feel the positive response it's getting, like just looking at your like social media or Instagram. Like mm. I have a really positive reaction to it and I can mm. feel that everyone's just like, that is a good thing. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. So, so talk to me about the inspiration behind yeah. the hundred coffees and, and yeah. And what, what's been your biggest sort of epiphany? Cause like we were sort of chatting before we started recording, you were saying it, it's like you've had some big, yeah, realizations. Yeah. It all. Yeah. So, um, late last year, you know, around sort of October, November, 2019, I had obviously gone through a lot of change in my life, was mm. kind of single and I'd been living in Perth for two years, but had really been traveling or in a bit of a bubble, having a baby, that sort of thing. Yeah. So I came to this place where I wanted to, you know, really ground myself back in a, a business community mm. or and get to know more people. Mm. And I thought about going to a networking event and I sort of started to look up different networking groups and, you know, just the whole concept of it just felt a bit, off to me and Mm. I I now use the word gross (laughs) the thought of like going to a networking event where you know you rock up and maybe there's drinks or maybe it's a breakfast or a coffee and you know oh hey how you going Tally yeah so what do you do oh great yeah where are you from yeah yeah cool yeah yeah cool well if there's any way I can help you you know let me know here's my business card all right cool on to the next person yeah you know and that's the that's the level of interaction Mm. 
it just doesn't appeal to me in any way, shape, or form. Yeah. And I, I don't need to be out there. I'm not trying to drum up business like mm. that. You know, that wasn't the intention behind it. I wanted to meet cool people who are doing awesome things, and that's mm-hmm. that's it. Mm-hmm. So uh, I, I thought, you know what, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna challenge myself to have 100 coffees with 100 strangers, and that's how it started. So I'm 37 in now. Yeah. And, you know, the intention is to try and have one a day, but with Christmas in the way and, mm. you know, obviously some sometimes I've got meetings on or, or whatever commitments mm. I can't can't make it every day. But it's, it's been a life-changing experience for me. Mm. Um, you know, being able to connect one-on-one with strangers and have a really great conversation and just learn about each other and, and be there to listen has been a f- – it's just been phenomenal it's it's actually now my one of my number one priorities in my life is my my hundred coffees yeah you know and probably a lot of people would be thinking how do i find these people Mm. so when i came up with the idea i posted on instagram posted on linkedin had a bunch of people reach out since then i post a photo of each coffee with a bit of Mm -hmm. a caption and, Mm -hmm. and explaining what the experience is like and especially via linkedin where it is a network for connecting yeah you know, people are so receptive to it. And mm. one of my last posts, I shared that that feeling about not wanting to go to a networking event and this resonated with so many people, Yeah, you know. So, I, I think the point behind it all is that most people are approaching business relationships and business sales so wrong mm. that in order to become more successful and get more sales you need to let go of being transactional and and let go of focusing on the outcome yeah because the point of it is that that you can have that success you can get the sales that way but you're missing the point which is that we're all people and this is fun to connect with Mm. people and have fun Mm -hmm. you know i I said in my last post i want to sit down and connect and laugh and become mates yeah. I want to hopefully end that coffee and want to go for a beer yeah, or a drink with your whatever else if you don't drink. Yeah, but yeah. That's the point of it. Yeah. And uh, yeah, the ripple effect's been huge. You yeah. know, the, I've been able to connect many people I've had coffee with together. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I know of at least two projects now that have spawned from that, from people I've connected. I've automatically gained more business by doing it, but there's this, I don't ever mention my business is in a sales sense. Yeah. I'm not there to get business. Yeah. I'm not there to, to tell people about my businesses. I'm not there to ask for business. I'm not there to say at the end, well, this has been a fantastic hour connecting with you. If there's any way I can help you, please let me know. Yeah. You know, it's not transactional <laughs> yeah. in any way. Yeah. You know, it's just about connecting. Yeah. And if we end up doing something together, great. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, I now know who you are and you know who I am. And yeah. we can now, we've just created a more personal connection. Yeah. And that, that's, there's there's value in that for me. Oh, man. For everyone, I yeah. can imagine. It's probably why, like, that connection, it's just not even in, in the business world, but just in the world now. It's like that level of actual connection mm. is a, a rarity. <laughs> you know, it's like yeah. everything's, Either like, how can we make this the most efficient? Like, it's probably why networking events were born. It's like, well, <laughs> yeah. if, I've, if I spend one hour, I can give my card to 20 people. So, that's exactly. efficient. Or if I can run a, an ad, I can yeah. reach this many people. Or if I can do this and all these things to like scale or like 
that connection and you just can't. Mm-hmm. And I think it's like coming back to that one-on-one yep. human-human connection yep. being the point. It's like, it's just amazing. Yeah. And to me, I think that would be a contributing factor to, because I would imagine the people that are coming to it, you'd be attracting a similar vibe and like, I'm sure they're not pitching and no. like, it's like, it's just no. humans connecting. Yep. And, and that being the, because beyond business, I feel like that's what we're craving. Exactly. Just as much like. Yeah. So that's the win. Yeah. Like, like, and if you're gonna if you're gonna spend, you know, almost half your life doing something called business and work, you, you may as well make it fun yeah. and interesting <laughs> and like make, you know, meet really awesome people. Yeah. I mean, look, if I was starting a business tomorrow, I would be doing a hundred coffees. Yeah. And even if I'm not starting a business tomorrow, I would advise everyone to do 100 coffees. <laughs> even if you just start with 20, yeah. you know, 20 coffees with 20 strangers. Yeah. And the whole point is not to judge who the person is, yeah. not to try and, you know, this Don't isn't... pick your top 20 prospects exactly, for your business. Exactly. That's not what it's about. <laughs> yeah. And that has that's where the best interactions have come from. Yeah. It's just having coffee with whoever it is that, you know, I wants to and who reaches out to me mm, yeah i love it you've inspired me i'm gonna, I'm gonna pick my number because uh, yeah. i'm not gonna commit to 100 with, yeah. with bub coming in, yeah. in two months but especially like especially if you've moved somewhere new like it would be like a really because we've been here in the southwest for i think like nearly three years and i didn't do anything intentional like that because a lot of my work is online so i can you know not have those in-person connections but yeah. i'm just thinking back to if i'd done something like that as soon as i moved down here the trajectory of just life let alone business but like life would have been fundamentally different yeah i think so yeah it's it's amazing yeah what's the future the short-term future look like for you like i love i believe in the power of having a vision and speaking our visions so, yeah, like I'd love to hear what we spoke about, sort of what you're excited about right now, but what's what's your kind of focus moving mm. forward over the next one, two, three years, business-wise, life-wise, whatever, yeah. wherever you want to take take it? Yeah. You know, as much as business is separate, I really kind of see it all as, as yeah. one a little bit. Yeah. Look, for me, I'm just focused on making as much money as I can, having as much fun as I can. Nice. And sorry, let me rephrase that. I'm focused on making a lot of money whilst having a lot of fun and just like that's that's fundamentally what the next few years are about for me. Yeah. Like business is fun for me. Doing business is fun for me. Doing life is fun for me. You know, I keep wanting to check in and make sure that I'm I'm having fun and, and that I'm enjoying my life and I'm achieving mm-hmm. things that I, I want to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's it. Simple. Really fucking simple. Yeah. 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 Honestly. Awesome. Underneath all of that is a big plan. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, I don't want people to just think I'm just coasting Cruising. by. Because, <laughs> yeah. um, no, I have a, a big plan of like what my week looks like, yeah. the fact that I want to go to the gym, you know, yeah. committed to going to the gym four times a week, um, yoga house. once a week. Yeah. That, you know, these are the, you know, I want to learn how to kite surf this year. Mm. I want to get another 20 skydives ticked off this year because I'm a solo skydiver. Oh, sweet. I um, you know, you know, there's a plan behind this yeah. and I check in uh, at the start of every month and then at the start of every week to make sure I'm on track with cool. that plan. But all of that plan is wrapped up to the higher meaning, which is to have fun. Yeah. 
ultimately and yeah. and be financially successful yeah um as well yeah yeah and and obviously and that's like having lots of time spending with atlas and yeah. so I, I being a single dad i have him probably on average anywhere i would say it sits around the 60 to 80 hour mark a fortnight yeah so quite quite nice. a lot of time nice yeah and yeah that's the most important thing yeah that'd bring sure. that fun piece in for sure yeah exactly <laughs> have, hang out with a little kid all the time it's <laughs> yeah. awesome yeah. yeah amazing awesome man well thanks thanks for your time and yeah i just want to acknowledge your like authenticity it's like it's something i've loved about you from from when we first met and your your ability to yeah i guess be in, in both worlds kind of thing like you've done a lot of deep work on yourself and that self-exploration but and and you're also like very much in the quote-unquote the real world or, or the other world like you haven't your ability to to go between the two is something that i really um acknowledge and appreciate so, thanks bro uh, yeah thanks for having me on man. no worries man cheers bro cheers